as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today
this is how I feel on those days when I just get caught following notification after notification and jumping from one to the next as if I need to put every single fire out immediately. It's exhausting and it's pointless. And today, we're going to bring you some tips on how to triage your email, deal with Slack, and be a little bit more productive overall in the face of these insane notifications. Welcome to Rocketship.fm, the podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales, and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Mike Belsito. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Welcome to episode three of our productivity series. This one is all about email. Email is dead. Long live email. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, go back and check those out, but it's not required. So you can keep listening and go back after we have all 250 episodes in total in our feed, including the first two episodes of this productivity series. So let's get into it. Last year, we talked with Thomas Canole about how he banned email for internal use at his company. So it's like, so we're just not going to have it. Like, obviously, we still use it for external communication with, you know, customers and partners and, and those types of things. Um, but internally, it's just like, we're not going to do this. Like, if we need to have conversations about things, well, there's great things like Slack that lets you have conversations. Um, you need to share some files, you know, attach them and send them around and which version has the like most recent edit of this or whatever you have Dropbox. Um, if, if something needs to be done and we need to remember that there's this thing that we wanted to do and at some point it's actually checked off the list, you know, well then that always goes in Trello. And so we have all these new tools besides email to work with. We have Slack, we have Trello, Basecamp, Campfire, Asana, and the list goes on and on about the different tools you can use to share files, to chat, to communicate with your team. Of course, with a new set of tools comes a new set of problems, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, as I know many of you are probably struggling with constant Slack notifications throughout the day. But first, let's talk about how Ryan Carson of Treehouse banned email internally at his company and how he triages his own inbox, because the inbox really isn't going anywhere. So we, we basically um, you know, realized that once you remove managers, uh, you don't have people who hold information anymore. So just to remind you, Treehouse is a flat organization where they have no managers. You know, information is now kind of spread around amongst the whole team. And, and therefore, if people are emailing each other, then that information is siloed and you can't get it, right? Mm-hmm. So like if I want to know what's going on on this project over here, if two people are working on it and they're using email, there's no way I can see it. Um, so we basically said, well... We, we just can't do that. Like you have to, to, to communicate by default in public and therefore people can come and read what's going on. Nice. So that, that was the first thing that we, that, that's one of the reasons. But the second reason is, um, and that, that's the, that's the primary reason that we said you can't use email. Um, the second reason is basically for, for the same reasons other people have said is email is ridiculously inefficient, you know, um, it's, you know, other people putting things on your to-do list. It, it 
causes extra work. It's, it's, it's almost too easy. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's another reason that we've, that we've banned internal email. Um, and so I, I, I only get probably two or three emails a day from the team. And that's only because I'm, I'm being looped into a conversation that they're having with somebody outside the company. So emails for him have basically been reduced to threads that deal with external people. Now, how does he triage the rest of his inbound emails? And then what I do with my personal email, because as a CEO, I get a ton. I, I get a ton of email, but it's all from that, you know, the outside world. Every morning I wake up at 4.54 a.m. And, uh, and that allows me to kind of wander downstairs, get some coffee, have a protein shake, and then sit, <laughs> sit in front of my computer. And... And then I, I, I have a to-do list every day that reoccurs. That's called a triage email. <laughs> and what I, so what I do is I, I select all my email. You know, I use Gmail. And then I scroll down and I star the emails that I need to respond to. Okay. And then I archive all. And, um, and that's how I triage it. So now I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've selected stuff I, I need to answer. Um, but everything else is gone. Um, and then I have another to-do list and I use Asana for my personal to-do list that recurs every day and it says answer 10 start emails. So then I dive into my start emails and I, and I answer 10 of them. Um, and that kind of cadence allows me to feel not overwhelmed by my email, but to make constant progress yeah. and to also filter out all the email that I don't really need to answer. Or I shouldn't answer because it's not important to Treehouse. It's actually an incredibly simple method that I think any of us can start to implement for ourselves to get our own email under control and yet allow us time to follow up properly with those people that we need to. So we star, archive, and then respond to 10. And the respond to 10 part, that seems like a critical piece because it actually gives you permission to leave your inbox with some unanswered emails, but you know you're going to get to them soon. Now for me, I have a similar method of archiving, but oftentimes I don't have enough time to get to all the emails that need answered, so I'll leave some in the inbox, but I end up feeling frustrated that I couldn't get to inbox zero. Later on, I might come back to answer a few more, but now there's some new emails, and sometimes I end up answering those first, essentially allowing those to cut the line. Now, if I stuck to the 10 a day method, maybe I'd be less stressed because I know I'll eventually get to all the emails. I don't have the expectation of inbox zero, but I also know that the emails that come in first, they actually get answered first. And that brings us to Slack. Slack is the one tool that I think unanimously most teams are now using. If they're not using Slack, maybe you're using another chat application like Campfire or HipChat, but really it all causes the same problem. And one of those problems, especially on a distributed team, is the feeling of never getting away from your work. So it's that sense of synchronous versus asynchronous chat. Slack feels very synchronous. Someone sends you a message, you need to respond right away. I need to respond because I'm going to hold them up. So how do distributed teams do that when people are all over the world in different time zones and at different parts of their day? Here's Thomas Canole again. And like, even when we're in chat and someone comes up like, oh, you know, I just thought of like, we should totally do whatever. And it's like, you go to Trello, you make that thing 
and then you can chat like in it, you know, and it automatically like the great thing about Slack is, you know, we have all of these services all plugged in. So you get these little automatic notifications like new Trello card. Someone just said something this on X Trello card. Oh, this Trello card just moved, you know, to the live week 41 column. Um, and so even if we're chatting about stuff like it, it exists where it's supposed to. So tasks are in Trello. And if it's like documentation or specs or some type of reference material, like that's, we use Hackpad for our, it's kind of like a wiki, um, you know, so that's not buried in email somewhere. It's, you know, in this like wiki that everyone has access to and everyone can see. And uh, so it's just like, as far as I'm concerned, it's just like a way better way to work. And so that's how Thomas set up his distributed team so that they could chat asynchronously and they could organize their chat so that things didn't get lost in long Slack messages and you have to scroll all the way back up to the top to try to figure out what's going on. There's multiple threads happening at the same time because everyone's talking in general. So it helps to synchronize the team so that when you're talking about a specific initiative, it goes in the same place where the rest of the conversation about that initiative is happening. And we'll talk a little bit more about how teams set that up in Basecamp and what tools they use for it. But first, I want to talk about Natalie Nagel and her team at Wildbit and how they separate tooling from the personal discipline side of productivity, because it's not the tools that make us unproductive. Really, it's us. Slack has become and a lot with their own marketing is like supposed to replace all these things. But, you know, if you're not still disciplined internally, it doesn't matter if you use HipChat or Campfire or whatever, you know, like you're still going to have that constant feeling of I need to be on, I need to be on, or I'm being distracted. I'm, you know, like that's not going to change regardless of tooling. Like you have to start with a personal discipline and your own kind of understanding of like every time I ping somebody it's like me tapping them on their shoulder if they were physically in front of me Mm -hmm. would you want to do that 30 times a day probably not you know so like understanding that I think regardless of tooling and then you take the tools and you try to fit them to work your you know to work your workflow and at Wildbit they do some very interesting self-discipline practices where they actually sign out of slack when they're doing focused work here's Natalie again So one of the big things, one of our big changes out of the retreat was how we handle Slack. I don't think Slack is inherently a bad thing. It's, you know, personal behavior that kind of turns it into this bad thing. Um, And so we made it a, a rule that, you know, if you're working on focused work, like things that require your truly you know, important attention, which is what we mostly, you know, that's what we're experts in, right? Um, you're off of, you're, you're signed off, you know, you're, you're D&D, whatever you need to do, but you're off of it. And then the idea is if you're on Slack, if, if you're visible, if you're, uh, we can see you, then you're probably doing some kind of like busy work or, or other work, not focused work. And therefore you can be bothered. When we got back from the retreat, everybody was really in tune with that. And, you know, most of the day there was nobody online. Now I'm starting to see everybody get back into the habit of constantly being online, constantly being disturbed. So I think the biggest thing for me right now is going through that cycle every month or two and just having like a refresher conversation. Like, here's what we really want to get done. Here's how we really want to focus as a team. We, guys, we got to get back into like, let's close Slack, close Twitter, close distractions, get back to being really focused. 
So we'll be back with more on productivity right after a quick word from our sponsor. So I know most of the time when I'm chatting with a team, especially around a specific project or initiative that we're pursuing, I'm looking for feedback or it's my teammates looking for feedback. What do you think of this? How does this sound? Is this right? We're going to have to push this deadline back. Is that okay? And if I personally had to field all of those questions in real time, I would never get any other work done. It would constantly just be... But oftentimes, things do tend to get lost, and we at Crew, we use Basecamp. Basecamp does help us stay organized. It allows us to work asynchronously, which is incredibly important for our team. Wanted to see how Natalie at Wildbit sets up these types of posts. Posts go up, and they kind of die there, because what happens a lot of times is when you, you're trying to solicit feedback from a team, and you put it up there, and you say, like, hey, I'm working on this, and, you know, I would love some feedback. What do you guys think? And then people read it at random times. People don't know specifically what to get feedback on. There's no end date or like, I'd like to get this resolved by, you know, tomorrow and post, you know, ideas just go there to die. So what we started doing now is be much more explicit in those posts. Like, hey, I'm looking for feedback specifically from Natalie and Chris. Here's the three points that I'm really looking to kind of address. And I'd really need to know this by, you know, the day after tomorrow, just to make sure that I can move forward. So it's kind of like the same thing, but really just in our own behavior, being explicit on like, what do I need from you? Just like you would if you were standing in front of somebody, right? right. You would be, be much more explicit in how you uh, how you want that feedback and what kind of feedback you want. So there's one tool more than others that has profoundly changed the way that we work in the last couple of years. Now, while we've had chat applications for 10 to 15 years that teams have used in various forms, it's Slack that has really defined a new way for teams to work. And as a company, they've really carried that flag, a new way to communicate. And every project that I'm involved with, every team that I'm on is currently using Slack. Whether it's for planning the industry conference, whether it's the community of product managers that are in Product Collective, whether it's this podcast, even the class I teach at Case Western Reserve University, we're all on Slack. And so we wanted to take you through a couple of the ways that you can deal with Slack, because while Slack has reduced our email, it has certainly increased our notifications and our awareness of those notifications. So last March, Slack put on an amazing Teams conference. And at that, Rachel Lee put on a talk on how to use Slack or how Slack uses Slack to be more productive. And so we pulled out some of the best bits from that talk and wanted to bring them to you here today to help give you some tips on how you can quiet those notifications and really be more productive. So one of the most distracting aspects of Slack is every time someone posts a new message, the whole channel lights up and you have to check it. You don't have to check it, but you really have to check it. So here's Rachel on how to solve that problem. But sometimes you don't want to take it quite as far as to leave the channel completely. You still care about it, but you just don't want it to turn gold every single time someone's posting a new question or has something new to share in that channel. So if you don't want to go so far as to leave the channel or you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, you can mute the channel. And that's just by doing slash mute. And so this is what I do for channels where I want to get those proactive notifications based on my highlight words, but I don't want it to turn gold for me. I only want to check it when I'm being triggered, right? So our Zendesk channel is a great example. All of the tickets that come in from our customers type into our Zendesk channel. It's one of the 
apps that we have installed on our team. And so it's great because anytime one of my customers, again, going back to that example, writes in, I'm going to get that notification. But I don't need to turn it, have it turn bold every single time. So that's one that I have muted. We have a sales events channel. So every time someone purchases Slack, that gets recorded. But I don't need to know about that all the time. I can check that on my own time over the weekend, after work, et cetera. So that's a muted channel. Okay, that's great. So now you have muted some of your channels. You have a little bit less distraction. But what about when you want to do that really focused work? Do Not Disturb is a really, really great feature when you want to be heads down and focused. Sometimes we just need an hour or two to step away from Slack, really work on a project or a deliverable that we're working on. Do Not Disturb, as mentioned, is one step to kind of get you in that direction. So what you can do is actually click on that bell icon next to your team name and choose from one of our pre-designated times. And what this does is lets you uh, actually snooze your notifications, but more importantly, it notifies everyone on the team with an indicator that you are currently in do not disturb mode, you're being really focused. So when they send you a message, they're gonna get a Slack bot message that says, hey, Rachel is currently in do not disturb mode, she's gonna get this um, when she's back, back online. If something is urgent and they want to push through that, they can also push through your do not disturb as well. So you have that flexibility. But this is really helpful to kind of be heads down and focus when you need to. And I think do not disturb is great. But what I think is better is Natalie's solution where you really just turn Slack off. It's okay to not have that window open 24 hours a day. So what about when you do close the window and then you have to come back? The channels have moved on from where you were last you might have tons of messages to go through and catch up on. How do you go back and check those tasks, check those messages that people have left for you and you haven't yet responded to? Yet you want to because once you click on the channel, that notification is gone and you don't remember which one to come back to, which one you have action items in. As I said, conversations are fluid. Messages come in, but you can't always take action on them right away. Maybe you're on your way to the office or you're in a meeting or on a call. So we have a few tips on how you can come back to that message later on in time. The first one is starring. So I know we talked about stars earlier, not to be confused with that. Um, any message in Slack itself can actually be starred. So this is a great way for you to uh, pick out messages that are good reference items, things you want to jump back to later. Um, so for example, Carl made this uh, ask for this uh, update on the homepage makeover. I'm going to star that, and then it's going to keep that on my start items, which sits right next to your ad mention panel. So this is a really nice way for you to kind of curate your list. Maybe think of it as bookmarks on your browser. The really cool thing that I actually didn't know until very recently is that you can search just within your start items. So if you know, like, hey, I know that the new comp plan was something that I starred, I want to jump back to that really quickly. In your search bar, and we'll go to that um, in a bit, you can actually say has star, and it'll just search among your start items, which is really neat. And you can actually make Slackbot work for you. So how do you do this? All you need to do is do a slash remind, and that's going to let Slackbot know that you want to set a reminder. And it's just really kind of plain syntax language. Remind me to share the updated results in 30 minutes. Slackbot's gonna send you a confirmation message and then in 30 minutes, he's gonna ping you. Slackbot is actually not gender specific, so Slackbot will ping you in 30 minutes to say, hey, share the updated results. You can even do slash remind list and get a list of all the reminders that you set. So remind me to drink water at 3 p.m. every day. Cool thing is you can also set reminders for other people. 
on your team. So if you're in a meeting and you want to say, hey, Jessica, this action item is for you. I'm just going to send that to you in Slack bot. Do slash remind at Jessica and the reminder. The cool thing is when she completes that um, task or that action, that confirmation comes to you as well, which is really cool. So there you have it. We have walked through a lot of the productivity aspects of email and Slack that you can start doing today if you're not already. The most important thing is to get out of the habit of always checking every notification. It kills our productivity. It kills our ability to focus. And worst of all, it kills our time. That's the one thing that we can never get back. So coming up in this productivity series, we're going to be talking about deep work and how do you get into the habit of deep work? What self-discipline do you need and what limits you currently from getting there? And lastly, we'll talk about better meetings, which I know is something that everyone needs. How do we create a better meeting so we can get in, get through the agenda, get everyone up to date and have everyone walk away feeling like that was a productive meeting, not just a waste of their time. That's the last thing that we want is to be wasting people's time. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe and leave us a review. Five stars. Just throw it up there. Can't hurt. If you want to listen to all of our back episodes, go to rocketship.fm or just browse through the feed where you're already listening to this podcast. We keep all the episodes there, all 250 plus episodes, interviews and more content just like this that you've listened to today. Huge thanks to our sponsor today, Bench. Bench is the easiest way to get your bookkeeping done. Go to bench.co forward slash rocket ship and get 20% off the first six months. That is quite the deal. If you want to follow us on Twitter, go to rocketship.fm. You can follow me at Michael Saka, Joel at Joel Goldman, and Mike Belsito at Belsito. All right, we'll be back here. We're going to be doing interviews on Tuesdays and full episodes on Thursdays. So stay tuned.